Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Beef. I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. Of course, you can follow us on YouTube and pretty much every social media channel these days and see all the stuff that we're doing here behind the scenes. Joining me in studio, I've got Bo Bowen with the Bowen Law Firm. Bo, welcome to the show, man. Excellent. Thank you for having me, sir. You have a beautiful studio. Man, it's a it's a pleasure having you here. We definitely love it. Unfortunately, you know, we're not doing this one on video, so we're not in our, our video studio. But, man, we got a custom desk coming in for that thing, and it is going to be pretty sweet once we're doing these on video, in the video studio. Uh, but, you know, you can catch some of these episodes on YouTube. So it's uh, pretty interesting what we're doing around here. We love it, and we appreciate the compliment. We're excited to have you in the studio today because we have not had a lawyer on the show yet. So you're the first one. Uh, that we're talking to. So you got to set the bar, pun intended, high <laughs> for any other lawyer that comes in here. Uh, we got to start with our icebreaker question, man. We always do. Today, I was just thinking about, you know, you were talking about the wife and y'all leaving, going somewhere. Are you a backseat driver or, or who drives when you and the family leave and go somewhere? Uh, typically, my wife does. Okay. And that's because I prefer to sit in the back with my daughters. Gotcha. It's harder to drive from back there. My wife prefers it. You're not a backseat driver. She won't let it happen. Most times she'll send me to the back of the seat. So she'll sit with the girls. <laughs> I prefer it anyway because we have the TV and the monitors. It's more fun back there. Then she can listen to what she wants to and I get to play. So. Yeah. Man, my wife, she shared a meme with me the other day. It said, I'm a passenger seat princess because she will not drive. If we're together, I'm driving all the time. It's my job. As a man, it's just my job. Like that's That's her view on it, which is fine. I don't mind driving. Sometimes I do. I want a break, you know. And she doesn't want to drive anywhere. She wants to ride. That's it. Well, to be fair, the longer the distance, the more likely I am driving. The shorter distances, we're talking going to Kroger to get our groceries, things like that around the corner. She typically drives because my job is really to distract the girls. So we can still have family <laughs> time and she can get her job done. Right. Man, I don't blame you, though. Sitting in the back with all the video screens and everything else, that's where all the fun happens. You're right. I never had that when I was a kid. I tell you, I would have liked it. Oh, man. We had it for a short period of time. When my cousin and I were growing up, my aunt had one of those old conversion vans, you know, like one of those big GMC, just a huge opening middle doors, almost like a limousine, you know, and it had an actual TV. And I mean, I'm not talking a monitor, but one of those TVs with an antenna on it and everything. <laughs> it's probably 19 inch, maybe, but one of those big tube TVs with, I think it had color on it, but it was not great. And it was just one of them old school conversion vans, man. You could put the little curtains in the windows up and everything. I thought it was pretty cool. I remember those. Had running lights down the center, all kinds of nice little additions. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I look at them today and I'm like, if you don't want to spend all the money to get an RV, that's not a bad option. Well, I'm sure you've seen things about van life that, no thank you. Yeah, I don't think I could 
live in it for sure. Not with my whole family. Maybe myself for a week or two, but man, I can't imagine a family afford something like that. Right. One or two people like me and the wife. I think I could live with that. But three kids. I, I don't even know if me and my wife could do that. that that's <laughs> I, She wouldn't put up with me. I'd be the problem. I guarantee that. I hear you. But man, that, no, I, I need something bigger. I got to stretch my legs. I understand. Well, man, every single episode we stop and we we talk about our sponsor in this show. And that sponsor is Community Bank of Texas. Man, they have been a tremendous sponsor for us. We have sent people their way. They've sent people our way. We have people on the show because of them. They send us these nice little goodie bags for everybody that comes on the show. Something will get you before you leave. But Community Bank of Texas knows that especially now, the experience and availability of a banking partner is crucial. And they're here to help your business. Their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that they need during these challenging economic times. As a business owner, a lot of things keep us up at night, but our bank shouldn't be one of them. When you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. Short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions. Because when it comes to doing business, they simply deliver a better banking experience. Community Bank of Texas is a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas, business banking, better banking, member FDIC, equal housing lender. But of course, the reason we're here. Bo, man, you said your name is actually Bowie, yes, right? Correct. Yes. But you just given up on it. Uh, since I was a young kid, everyone got it wrong and I didn't really care as long as people were being nice and called me Bo. Bo worked as well because back yeah. then Dukes of Hazard was in, right? Bo, Bo and Luke Duke. There you go. So it kind of worked. You know how they say, man, here in Texas, just don't call me late for dinner. Call me whatever you want. Don't call me late for dinner. But I like to call people by their real name, you know, so I just want to mention that maybe uh, next client you have will come in and be like, hey, I heard that uh, I've been saying your name wrong this whole time. <laughs> well, it works. I've been making it work. For example, like Bo knows law. So I've been trying to take advantage of what happened to my youth when Bo Jackson stole my name and I got made fun of. <laughs> I promise I didn't know football as well as he did or baseball. Right. But now it's working better. Well, tell us all about you, man. Where'd you come from and how'd you grow up and get into entrepreneurship and becoming a lawyer? Oh, that's a long, twisted road. I wouldn't encourage anyone to follow the path that I've created. <laughs> I can definitely show a lot of people the wrong ways to get to where I am today, if you want to get there. I've been all over Texas. I was fortunate with some with good parents that, that loved me, but maybe a little more strict. My father raised the home as a Marine Corps drill instructor and a Pentecostal preacher. Uh, spare the rod is something that was not done in the house. I promise you that. So uh, no one is surprised that when I got out, I couldn't wait to get out. So I, I did drop out of high school. I started dancing up the bears. I thought I knew everything about the world as a teenager knows. Quickly to find out, I didn't know Jack, and that money I thought was a lot was not. And of course, I started going to school. I've always enjoyed school. I just didn't like it when it was forced on me. I got a little bit onerous in terms of cost time. Anyone who tried to put themselves through college as a high school dropout knows the burden. You trying to do it without uh, being a high school dropout knows how hard it is to put yourself through school and work, and especially without the discipline that I didn't have at that point, despite my dad's best efforts. So I joined the Navy. Did my time with them, and they they straightened out the parts my father couldn't. And then uh, all through the Navy, I was in school. It's weird. The thing I couldn't get away from, I couldn't wait to get back to. I've had a dream uh, since I was in middle school, oddly enough, to be an attorney. I have to say since I was knee-high to a duck. (laughs) But I had no idea how to do it. No one in my family ever has. I'm the first college person in my family. My mom still calls my fraternity a sorority. She doesn't know the difference. (laughs) But ultimately, I found a wonderful woman in high school, my wife, Allison, at that time we were engaged, who always believed in me, crazy woman, I mean, who takes a high school dropout and turns him into an attorney. That's that's my wife. 
And that shows what a strong woman can do for, for a man. I mean, her belief is a big part of why I got so far as I am. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, all through that, went to law school, undergrad, all that. I created my law firm where we are now, hoping to open, a, I say a third, but at that point, we're going to be shutting down a location, open another, but open another location in Katy and just keep growing and keep trying to give people the help that they deserve and at the most cost-effective approach. The legal services are exorbitant. Anyone has been unfortunate enough to have to hire an attorney outside of getting estate planning, wills, and trust, they know how expensive it can be and how very easily it can get complete out of control. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we strive to do in our businesses as well is make it to where we got to make a living. But in comparison to what you're getting, you know, that's the big thing, too, is people can't oftentimes can't compare apples to apples. You know, they'll say, well, for instance, on a DJ, you know, it's like, well, I can get this DJ over here for 250 bucks and you're eight hundred dollars and you're telling me that that's cheaper. Well, yeah, because that club DJ that's going to show up with two busted two hundred dollar speakers and perform for you and not know how to perform for a wedding is going to be a hundred percent different than us showing up with our EV of all fifties that we have and the sub that goes with that. And, you know, so you're talking three, four five thousand dollars worth of equipment, depending on what you order for your event. Yeah. Whenever we tell you 800 bucks, that's a hell of a deal for apples to apples, but no, we're not going to beat the club DJ that's 250 bucks for four or six hours because they're a totally different product. So when it comes to the type of law that you're performing, what kind of price point are we talking about? I mean, obviously I'm sure everybody's a little bit different depending on what their needs are, but how expensive can it get? It depends on what area of law you're referring to. I'm lucky that I have a great staff. I mean, I have a a very long bench. And with that, we're able to offer family law, meaning divorce with and without children, modifications, enforcements, terminations, my personal favorite, adoptions. And then also with estate planning, wills and trust. And then, of course, with that probate, when it's time to put the wills into play, that's the sad part of my job. Then we also have civil litigation, like breach of contract or partnership issues or a debt defense, things of that nature. It's a pretty wide spectrum of that and personal injury. So if you're involved in an automobile collision, we can help as well. So it depends which area of law you're referring to. Typically with personal injury, that is easiest on the potential client because usually the attorney is suffering all of those upfront costs. And actually, typically, you don't even pay a consultation fee. But every other area of the law, typically, you do pay at least a consultation fee and you're going to put down at least initial retainers. If it's a will, that's easy to know how much those are. Right. right? Those are normally $1,500 down. That includes... All the accompanying documents you need before you die, and of course the will itself, and then the will signing ceremony. There's actually a right and wrong way to sign the documents in the order. We also provide the witnesses. Now, outside of that, I don't ever know how much or how long. Right. I mean, a divorce, in all reality, take that without kids. You can normally you can get done for five thousand or less by an attorney, filing fees included. But we throw in a mediation. We throw in any type of discovery outside the initial discoveries that are now required. No, man, the sky's the limit. I've literally had people drop as much as a half a million dollars, and I've had people that spend as small as, I say small, it's not small, but as low as $3,500. That thirty-five doesn't happen very much. I mean, that's a very much a one percenter. So I, time, like you said before, it makes a huge difference in how much. If I had to work on this case for a year, it's nowhere near as expensive if it goes the full gamut for a trial, God forbid, a jury trial, looking at three and a half to four plus years. I've got personal injury cases now waiting in excess of five years. But usually in divorce family cases, you can hopefully be done within four. That means you went the full gamut. You went to trial. Right. 
What's your favorite area of law? I think adoption's the best. Oddly enough, it was when I was doing my pro bono work with Grand. You do get paid, but it's, it barely covers all your expenses. Like an internship type thing, except you're not there to learn. You're just there to work. In a sense, except for you're already a full attorney, you're actually doing real cases and clients, and now you're giving back to the community, typically helping as an ad litem, at least that's what I did, for CPS cases. I was fortunate to, be able to cut my teeth in Waller County under a great judge, Judge Andale. He's, of course, in Harris County at the juvenile courts. Political stuff, he's no longer in Waller, where I got to cut my teeth and really learn. He took me under his wing and showed me case, I mean, you name it. He sent me to trial schools, anything he could do to help me and make me better, the man was willing to. Judges like that are are not everywhere. It does vary. Justice across the hall and, of course, the judge's approach. And when you come across a gym like Andell with his experience, especially with the fourth, fifth court of appeals and everything, you'll do everything you can when he tells you something. You're going to listen. And I did. Those types of cases is when I got to take kids from a horrible situation. I mean, abuse, neglect, you name it, in ways that you've never conceived. And then put them in a home with people who actually love and care for them. Mm-hmm. Give them that second chance at a life that they, they never would have had. And still, I don't do the cases as much. I don't have anywhere near the same docket I did back then. I still get pictures, emails, and texts from some of the families, and they'll shoot me pictures. And oddly enough, it seems to come when I'm having the roughest days, and next thing you know, it's better again, knowing that I did make a difference. And in my opinion, it was through with adoptions and CPS. I got you. I mean, that's that's something that I never even really thought about. You know, when you think law, I think most of us probably think criminal defense attorneys mm-hmm. and prosecutors and, you know, that kind of stuff yeah. that sticks out. I got to tell you, I think you might agree. My least favorite, if I was a lawyer, would probably be divorce court. I can't stand family court in that aspect. I don't know. I've seen a few documentaries and read a few things about how, especially Texas, family court procedures roll. And it just seems like such a money grab to me. And I'm not in it, so I may be 100% wrong. That's why I like talking to people who are. But it just seems like it's such a money grab and makes it so difficult in a process that's already hard. Well, the parties make it that way. The attorneys don't. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Not the attorneys. but And I tell people all the time, we got some choices here. It's either you're going to put my kids through college or you can put yours. Or I'm going on a cruise this year or you are. It's up to you right now. Are we going to fight? Most times people want to fight when it's not worth it. But at my firm, we're objective. That's part of the reason you get an attorney. It's not just because we know the law. I mean, arguably we should. Not everyone doesn't. But it's because we're supposed to remain objective. It doesn't mean I can't feel for my client, but it means we're supposed to remain above, not that emotional stuff get in the way. So we can still keep our eyes on that prize. Mm -hmm. Every fight is not worth fighting. And a lot of times if you do that, you will not not be happy. You'll split 10 times the amount and you're going to get. There's a difference between being practical and principled. And I agree, the law should be principled. But we cannot afford to enforce our principles in a courtroom. Because if you do, you will spend 10 times what you'll get. I may win, get you everything you wanted, and you're still unhappy. Right. That's not how you get repeat clients or five-star reviews. So you have to have those hard conversations with your clients. More than once, I pay people angry with me in consults. I don't tell you what you want to hear. I tell you the hard truth. Whether you like it or not, I do it in a nice way. As I try to be, unless you don't get it. Sometimes you have to be more blunt. <laughs> but I do what the client needs. And if I think it's a horrible case and you're not going to be happy no matter what, well, then I'm going to tell you that before you waste any money. That's a fair point. But you asked me, a contested divorce being the the least liked or my hated part of my practice. And no, uh, maybe if kids are involved and you're using them as a weapon, it's right up there, maybe a good number two. But no, for me, number one is uh, helping parents deal with bearing their children. Yeah. 
probate. That's the hardest part for me. I probably cried more during those consults than any others, especially when they lost their child. Right. It doesn't seem to matter how old the kid is. And if they're an adult in their 60s and the parent, even it doesn't matter. It's Parents. not the right order of things, you know. It's not. It doesn't matter if you're 30 years old, 40 years old. If you're the child, you're not supposed to go first. Like It's just not how it's supposed to happen. So as somebody working fire and EMS for my full time, I've definitely made those calls. I've made a few under 18, but luckily none that are like truly adolescent. Five, four, three years old, you know, something like that. But unfortunately, we make those where it's, you know, 15-year-old goes and shoots herself in the bathroom and she's gone or like you said it's your child regardless but you know 20 25 year old on easter sunday ods on heroin in the bedroom you know of his parents home and it's like good god man and they're the ones that got to find them yeah of course they have to find them and they have to go through that and then it just it never it never gets easier having to tell them you know hey this is what you saw this is you're right like they're not coming back it never gets easier with the OD ones, what's most common is, and of course, they just gave them money. Oh, sure. And yeah. That's the money they used, and they blamed themselves. A hundred percent. Oh. But it's like, if you didn't give it to them, they were going to find it somewhere. Exactly. They're an or they would have stole from you. They'd done something else. Right. They could have hurt you. There's a fine line between being at fault and being an enabler. Yep. But it doesn't make it any easier. Oh, for sure. Just to get on a lighter note there, you know, <laughs> how many lawyers do you have in your office total? Uh, right now I'm blessed with one, two, three, four, five, uh, six count myself. Okay. And so what is a typical, when I find myself, no matter what area of law it is, and I'm just like, damn, I need to talk to a lawyer. What does that typical process look like? You know, I've called your office, walk in, what do I do? Well, in my opinion, before anyone engages with an attorney, you want to do some base research. Of course, check all the online reviews like Google, Yelp. Avo, Justia is another one for attorneys. There's more options than I mentioned there. Then from there, you want to go to the state bar. At least in Texas, it's open to everybody. And do a search of the person before you even go and make the appointment. Make for sure they're even an attorney. Let's start with that. Oh, then, man. I've had people call me and they weren't one. I'm like, okay. I've had people pretend to be one with us too. Usually it's paralegals proffering to be one. No, that's not okay. That's actually against the law. Right. And you want to see a green dot next to their name. That green dot means they're active the practice. They have any other color, that's a problem, right? Or a red flag. Red dot is definitely a red flag. <laughs> then you scroll on down. Let's see if they even practice in the area that you're looking for, okay? I'm the only poor person in my firm that has to cover all those areas. Everyone else in my firm gets to focus on those specific areas. Because even for me, it's a lot to keep up with. But I'm fortunate because... My staff does a lot of the day-to-day work, and I usually get involved when the poop hits the fan, when it's time to go to trial, right? Yep. So why pay for an experienced litigator if you don't need to? If we can get you the same thing at a better price, then I'm going to do that for you, but most cost-effective approach. So once you've done your research and you've checked this out on the state bar or whoever you're looking for, and you've seen they practice in the areas you're looking for, all right, keep going down. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you want to look at disciplinary history, all right? In my opinion, they've been in trouble. Three or more times. I find someone else. And no, I'm not covering my butt for me or people on my firm. No one at my staff has ever been in trouble with the state bar. All right. But even if we have, I still go with eight. Three or more, from my experience, they've been nothing but problems. Everyone can get in trouble occasionally for BS or the state bar. They're not there for us. They're there for you as the client. So they are a resource. I get that. But again, once three or more, I just keep looking. I, I would go with someone else. Mm-hmm. Then from there, you normally have to call and make a consultation. At least that's how we do it at our firm. Everything starts with what's called an initial consultation. 
We do charge for that, and there's a reduced flat rate of $200. But with that, you get to meet with an attorney, not a paralegal, an attorney who knows the area of law you have questions for, and they're going to take the time to answer your question, go over the case, make sure they understand what's important to you. And when you walk out, you're not only going to know if you have a good case, you're going to build a plan on the approach that the attorneys are planning to go with. Then from there, we never pressure people. Now, if there's a statute of limitations or SOL, right, poop out of luck, well, then we have to tell you, you have this much time. Then there's pressure, but I didn't create it. Normally, people have all the time they need, right? Then you decide to move forward. If you move forward, almost every attorney I know is going to require an initial retainer. My lowest retainers are 5000 doesn't mean the case will be that. If it's less, you get your money back. I never keep it if I didn't earn it. And then you have to sign a longer agreement called an initial retainer agreement. At my firm, they're not take it or leave it. I'm not sure about other places, but it's always open to modifications. We discuss it as long as we have the contract done, we got the money. I then assign the case to a paralegal and an attorney. At that point, they reach out, make sure the client knows who they are, and then they start working on the case. No matter what happens, I'm still getting my weekly and monthly updates. I know what's going on in the cases. And the buck will always stop here because when they came to the Bowen Law Firm, they came to Bo Bowen. And no matter who I assign the case to, if something goes wrong, it's always my fault. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like. When it's something goes good, the attorney working the case did great. It's just how it goes. And I'm good at fixing problems. And my clients, it seems like they don't want to call me and rat on them or tell on people. I need to know. As you know, I can't fix the problem unless I know. And as a business owner, that's one of the biggest struggles that I have. No one wants to rat to the boss. That's not ratting to the boss. Man, you're making us better. Right. So my firm, it's always an open door. I have no problem speaking with anybody. I want to fix the things that they're going through. Be fair, though, sometimes the problem is the client. That's a different conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, perfect. So where are y'all located? I'm fortunate to have two locations this time. My home location is in Champions at 14202 Champion Forest Drive, Houston, Texas, 77069. You can also find us off of 290 in 1960, located at 13103 FM 1960 West, Suite 216, Houston, Texas, 77065. You can also reach us by calling 713-574-7777. That number again is 713-574-7777 between 8 o'clock a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. Monday through Friday. You can always email us also at bowenlaw at bowenlf.com. That's bowenlaw, B-O-W-E-N-L-A-W at B-O-W-E-N-L-F as in law firm. Dot com. Where can you practice law? I mean, obviously, we talked about Waller County, Harris County. Is it anywhere in Texas? Yes, sir. When you're a Texas attorney, you can practice in all 254 counties in Texas. One of the things I like to do is actually mark off every county. I'm slowly getting wider and wider. It's just mm-hmm. harder the further you go. With Zoom and COVID, it's made it so I got to get a little further out now. I got some stuff in El Paso as well. Oh, wow. Well, to be fair, though, we do have clients all over the world because we help a lot of military. But I'm different in a sense because not only can I practice anywhere in Texas, when I say anywhere, I do mean anywhere, state and federal. I am licensed in the northeast, south, and western districts of the federal courts. In addition to the Fifth Court of Appeals, so if I have a problem with those, I can appeal them. And also, I can practice in the U.S. Supreme Court. All those other things require additional people have to vouch for you, time of service, and things of that nature. Gotcha. So I can literally make it a U.S. Supreme Court case if needed, and if it's a case in Texas, the Bowen Law Firm, no matter where it is, we can handle it. Gotcha. You know, you brought some swag for us this morning. So what do you use that kind of stuff for? Do you give that to your clients and stuff? I do. Yes, sir. I usually hand out t-shirts to clients, of course, my staff. Anytime I'm doing bigger events at, say, my child's school or even the rodeo, we'll hand out t-shirts, koozies, pins. 
I'm hoping to have an open house soon because we just got the location in Champions, which is going to be our home location. And there we're actually giving away all kinds of fun bow and swag from t-shirts to bags, pins, pencils that change color. We're talking tablets and all crazy amount of stuff. So you just have to come and show up and get your swag bag to figure out everything that's in it. I don't want to ruin any surprises. Yeah. Of course, be eligible for the raffle. We're going to hoping to have a, a good four-hour event. We're going to have jump houses, face painting. Or something I'm forgetting, a balloon animal guy, too. That's a really wicked balloon animal. It's not your normal just swords like a little puppy dog. No, no. We're talking teddy bears. And he made a little Yoda the other day. Whole other next level balloon animal. Just like the Bowen Law Firm. Maybe we're kind of next level. Yeah. What date is that? I'm looking at May 7th right now, but it's still up in the air because every time I turn around, I get new floors. I'm updating the office. Right. And unfortunately, getting the stuff in has been a little more difficult than I expected. Oh, yeah. Man, these supply chain issues have killed everybody. Hmm. And it's delaying so much. But hopefully, it won't delay the barbecue I have that day, too. So, I will have free food. No alcohol. Got to be BYOB if you're going to do that. But we'll have, of course, beverages. And we'll give people a tour of the office. I'm hoping to get some testimonials. I have a videographer there as well. I'm going to have a DJ with some music. and you talk to you about that? Can you <laughs> help me with this? And then also Iron Sports is going to be there. They're the premier American Ninja Warrior gym here in the Houston area. In fact, if anyone goes to the competition and wins, it's pretty much from that gym. But they're going to be there also having some cool stuff to do. So you want to see what it's like to do the salmon ladder? Come on out. Come visit us that day and try it for free. Yeah, so we'll have to throw this one out there pretty quick. That way we can advertise that May 7th and hopefully some listeners will Show up to that and let us know that they heard about you on the show. And then, of course, you know, check that stuff out. Well, I have so, jump houses, too. I'm going to have a oh, little wow. one for little kids, another one for, say, 15s, a little bit in between, and then a big one for adults. I'm trying to have something for everybody because we are a family firm, family-centered in terms of the services that we offer. And that's really what the audience are trying to get to. I want the moms, the dads. I want the kids out there, everyone having fun and getting to know that we're here for you. Right. That seems really awesome, man. It sounds like you have some exciting stuff going on over there besides just practicing law, you know, I mean, which is exciting enough in itself. How long do you have to go to school for something like that? Well, you got your undergraduate degree. Some people get it done sooner or later. Most people take four years. Then also you have a typical three years after that of law school. In addition to test even get in, then once you're done with law school, just because you pass doesn't mean you get to become an attorney. You then, of course, have to pass the bar exam. But that's only one of many. And even if you pass that and the ethics exam and everything else, it doesn't mean you get to be an attorney. They can still tell you no. There's background checks involved as well, credit checks. And at any given point, they can go, nope. Yeah. That's a long process if you get to that point and they just tell you, hmm, we're denying you for this reason. Especially if it's a background thing. Ouch. Because you do all this stuff also when you start going to school. You have to do what's called an intent to study law. And they start that stuff then. So ideally, they would have caught these big issues before you complete your three years of law school. There are some that still go, even though it could be iffy. But there's all kinds of boards and appeals you can do. In reality, it's better to be an attorney than mess up than mess up and be an attorney. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's the same way with fire and EMS. Any kind of certifications or licenses that you're going for, it's like once you're already there, we can figure out something, whether it's probation or temporary suspension or whatever the case may be, depending on how egregious your problem was. But once you're going for it, though, you've got to be pretty qualified for those things. So I know you're professionally trained. Are you familiar with an organization called CERT? C-E-R-T? Absolutely. The Community Emergency Response Team? Yes, sir. I'm actually one of the captains on the team in our area. You okay. That we won the competition two years ago. There's really no winner, but yeah. we had the most points. So, damn it, we're the winner. <laughs> we have a CERT team here in Tomball. I so. wonder if they're the ones that teamed up with us. We had a team up because our team was so small. But anyone who's out there, if you don't know anything about CERT, I mean, I'm telling you, get involved. It's an easy way to get free training from the state. They give you a backpack full of all kinds of goodies, including a hard hat, flashlights, lots of 
first responder gear, and they're going to teach you how to use it, right? And then if you really want to refine your skills, they have competitions. Of course, COVID got in the way, but it's starting again this year. We get to go and compete against other community teams. You actually get the pressure of it and then form as a unit. It is a lot of fun, and we need a lot more people who know what they're doing to come out and help us. Need more people to help train as well or take that. You already have the skills. You'd be a great leader for this group. But it's called Community Emergency Response Team, and they need help. Every city is trying to either organize a group or you can always attach on to another one. And please include your family. If you have younger kids, I believe the age is 12, bring them to the classes with you because you might be the one that needs that training in the end. Yeah, I know we've done CPR training. We've done basic skills testing, you know, similar to what your EMT stuff. A lot of people who are actually going through and getting their EMT seem to take part in that. Mm -hmm. that organization as well. So no matter where you're volunteering, volunteering is definitely a good thing to do. What about the stop the bleed class? I'm sure you've done the training. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah. So I don't teach it. I'm not an instructor for it, but I'm absolutely familiar with it. Because we do that actually once a year, our office, and it is open to our clients in the public. I do make posts about this. It's not uncommon for people to come in, even non-clients, and they take the class with us in the conference room. But I typically do that once a year. We have another one coming up again next year. And we also have the officers come down and teach the active shooter program. There's all kinds of free stuff out there that's available. Most people don't even know it's there. Yeah. Have you had a chance to take that class? The Stop the Bleed? Oh, that one you knew because you're training. Yes. But no, the active shooter class. So I've seen the videos that I know Houston produced some videos, Harris County, where they did that, but I'm not sure exactly which one you're talking about. There's an officer from HPD that came down to our office. The first time we did it was last year. Mm -hmm. Very well done. Got everyone involved. It took about an hour. He played a video, answered questions. We're bringing them back after this. Free. It's all part of what we pay, part of our taxes. And as a business owner, we actually, depend on the size of the group, they're bringing and train your whole staff. It's also an easy way to meet people next to you. Invite them in to come in too, all your right. neighbors. And do a potluck. That's actually what we did last time. Nice. And it worked. But little things that we do as a firm, we're not your normal law firm in a sense. We are family-centered. And there are times that my attorneys are home with their kids. And that's where I want them because the kid's sick. Deadlines and things like that. I would like my clients also be like us. And that's how we choose them because we actually don't help everybody. Sometimes we're not the best fit. And that's difficult to talk to someone about. Sometimes they need someone a little more aggressive as the way they want. Because sometimes what they want, in my opinion, is not allowed by the rules. Well, it's important on that note, especially someone like an attorney. Any of those things, like a financial planner, an attorney, anybody who investments, you know, someone who's going to guide your investments, someone who's going to tell you how to spend your money, all of that stuff, you've got to jive with that person. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you're not going to listen to them. You're not going to appreciate them. And if they're not good for you, then they're not going to give you the advice that you need. You know, they can't yeah, connect I, it the way you understand. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more that for sure, if my attorney is not somebody I get along with that, I don't want that person as my attorney. You already have a fight. You don't want to be fighting your attorney as well. For sure. And we're not a perfect fit for everyone. Most people like us. I like to think we yeah. keep the overall majority happy, but there are times I do know other attorneys. I think they would fit better their personalities. And that's what's best for the client. You are, if you come to the Bowen Law Firm, at a firm that will put you first. I'm not always trying to get a case to move forward. I talk people off the ledge when it comes to divorce all the time. I've never been accused of being a good businessman because if that was the case, I'd get them to sign up. But no, that's not what's best for them. So if people want a firm that, again, that will do what's best for them, remain objective, not worry about my pocketbook, worry about yours. Mm -hmm. That's what you get from us. I don't know of anywhere else that can boast having 800 plus Google reviews and still maintain a 5.0. There's a reason for that. I don't BS people. You don't have a case. We don't take it. Kind of hard to get mad at me then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a big one too, is it's got to be an easy temptation to take somebody's money and then say, oh, I know you're going to lose, but I don't care. There are people who want me to abuse the law. I am not risking my license for that. 
I believe the law is a good thing, and if it's utilized the correct way, it wouldn't have the reputation that it does. And you're right, it is hard. I've had people put as much as 20000 in cash on my conference room table. It looks so pretty, yeah. and you want it, but there's still a right and wrong. And even though most people don't believe it, most attorneys are good people, and we will not lie in the courtroom. It's not allowed. Right. Well, you got those snakes, you got your junkyard dogs that would do whatever, but you can find them by their disciplinary history. That's why you double-check those POSs on the state bar and see how many times they've been in trouble. Mm-hmm. And usually three, four, they're not going to get to be an attorney no more and they get weeded out. It is important, like we were saying, though, to find someone that truly has the same morals and beliefs as you. That way when they're fighting, you know you're going to be on the same page. When they speak, you can connect and understand. And I've been fortunate, the majority of people I'm able to do that, but they're in a slight field. It just it didn't work. And I don't want to fight them. They have enough going on. I really want to help people. Gotcha. As far as your events and stuff that you have going on. Did we talk about your social media? You got all those channels where we can follow you and keep up to date with the events you have? Please do. I'm on YouTube. I am on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Even more recently, I added a TikTok. And then I now actually have a radio show. It's Bo Knows Law. (laughs) There you go. And the email is bowenlawradio at gmail.com. And I'll answer any question you got. And if I'm not qualified... I'll bring in an attorney or a friend to answer that question and we move on. I'm planning to have guests and things. It's nowhere near as good as this, man, of what you have going on. Still a free resource of me trying to give back to the community in just another way. Yeah. So where do we listen to the radio show? Please go to my Facebook page. I'm going to actually pin the page and there's a link there. Normally post it also every Tuesday night because the show airs every Wednesday morning at 0700 to 0730. And then we play the same show again in the afternoon in case you missed it at 5 p.m. The 5.30 p.m., same show again. But every Wednesday, it's a whole new show. And I'm basically, all I'm doing is answering questions that people have emailed me in to bowenlawradio at gmail.com. That's it. Yeah. Bowenlawradio at gmail.com. I need more questions. I'm down to 20 right now. I can come up with more. But I'd rather answer what the public wants. Well, so we do show notes under our episodes every single time we release one here on the Beef Podcast. And so it'll have like a description of everything that's talked about on the show, who you are, But at the bottom, we'll make sure we link all that kind of stuff so you can see on past episodes, you know, anything we talk about. So your radio show we talked about, your Facebook page, your website, all that stuff will be linked there at the bottom underneath the show notes. So any of our listeners, you can take a look right now, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it may be, there's going to be a link section down below and you can click that link directly to his social media, the radio show, everything else. We hope you're tuning in and I can't thank you enough for coming in today and being on the show. I think we covered some really cool topics. We talked about some good stuff, you know, got a little teary eyed on some things. We laughed a little bit. So once again, I just can't thank you enough for being here. I can't thank our listeners enough for tuning in and supporting these companies and these entrepreneurs every single week, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to another business story. We hope to see you out there May 7th, right? May 7th. Yes, sir. May 7th out there at the Bowen Law Firm. That way we can check out what he's got going on there. Have some free barbecue, you said? Barbecue. Man, you got to come out for free barbecue. You can't let that go. And of course, games, all that stuff for the little ones. So Door prizes too. You don't have to be there for the raffle. I'll announce those on a Facebook Live later. We got all kinds of stuff to hand out. We're talking a tablet, a smart vacuum. And a bunch of other stuff. But everyone that comes up will get at least a Bowen Law bag and full of swag that's equivalent to over $100 worth of merchandise. Wow. Man, if you ever needed a reason to come out. Well, once again, thank you all for tuning in to the Beef Podcast. I've been your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef. Beef.